0: Welcome to the Riverwood Chapel podcast. We're so excited you're here. Please check out our other content and video uploads at riverwoodchapel.org. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. It's good to be with you. And uh, as we begin today, we're going to begin watching the latest internet craze on this video. So let's watch the video about this. It's the latest craze sweeping social media. The milk crate challenge but you definitely don't want to try it it. <laughs> it involves stacking the crates like a pyramid and going up one side and down the other to state the obvious it's quite a challenge Videos on the milk crate challenge have gotten 15 million views. Y'all got to be quiet. This woman does it in high heels. Lucky her, she makes it. It might look like fun, but it's a very dangerous stunt that's landing people in the emergency room. And that's the last thing hospitals need during the COVID pandemic. I would be worried about basic injuries from falls, such as orthopedic injuries, broken wrists, broken arms, head injuries, uh, definitely back injuries. All right, anybody want to try? Anybody, anybody, anybody tried this yet? Anyone? Oh man. So um, it's interesting this craze of walking up, milk crates walking down, falling, killing yourself, all of these horrible things that are happening. I love it how the doctor has to step in and he's like, well, What do you think about this? Well, I'd be worried about people breaking their arm, their neck, uh, all of these injuries, of course. And so it is that, that picture, that we now move into a sermon simply entitled, Wisdom. (laughs) Wisdom. And so, as you could probably guess, it's not the wisest use of time, not the wisest use of, of even milk crates to do something like that. We would put that in the category of foolishness. Who would ever do that? Who would ever be drawn to that, yet people are? And I want that metaphor to kind of sit here in this room this morning because in many ways, when we talk about our spiritual lives, our relationship with God, many times we look just like the people in that video. We have opportunities of wisdom, but yet we would rather choose foolishness And there we go, up the crates. And there we go, splashing down. It is that picture that is going to challenge us this morning. We're going to have a conversation about wisdom. What is wisdom? Why do we need it? Is it really that important? That is the conversation out of the book of James. I'm glad you are here because I believe deep down all of us want wisdom, We don't want to be in foolishness. We want to be wise. How can we do it? We're going to answer that question this morning. And so uh, we've been walking in uh, the book of James. Now, this is our second week. And so if you are someone who would love to have this resource, we've produced this. All it is is the Bible verses on one side, and plenty of room for you to write and to journal. Just slip up your hand. Someone will put one in your hand. Uh, we'd love for you to have this. It's just a very simple resource. My I, my hope is that you would draw upon maybe deeper questions and moments you can pull over with a friend and, and really spend time uh, delving into God's Word in a deeper way for your life. All right, so the whole title of this series is, faith works. And it really is this play on words, because we want to be people who have faith that actually makes sense. Like, it works. Like, it's not just nice things on a Sunday morning, but our faith works when it comes to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and so on. That is the heartbeat of this series through the book of James. So, Let's dive in. We're going to be talking a lot about wisdom today. So the very first chapter, the fifth verse, is where we're going to be in. And as you turn, whether in the journal, in your Bible, on your smartphone, whatever you do, let me just set the context. We are about to read a letter that was written by the very person who is the brother of Jesus Christ. That is who this James is. He's writing to a people who are who are going through so many different difficulties and trials. Last week, we talked about that, of difficulties and trials of various kinds, whether it be from persecution to hunger, all of these things. They're being refined. As a fire refines people, they are being refined. And last week, we said we were all on this journey of refinement to this thing called completion. Like, on that day, we will be with Christ. We will be complete. And so, right now, we are being refined. We go through trials and difficulties. We can even say we can find joy in them. We talked all about that all last week. And so, at the very end of verse 4, James says that you are complete, and he says that you are lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. Now, James picks up on this idea of lacking as he begins in verse 5. This is what he says next. It'll be right here on the screen if you want to follow along. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. All right, so what we're going to do first is build a a definition of what exactly is wisdom. What are we talking about? Because some might think it's just about knowing more of Bible facts, Some might even think that it's maybe just logging in more time and being a Christian, checking all of the boxes of the Christian faith. Isn't that what wisdom is? Well, not really. I will tell you, I know a few people who are very knowledgeable of the Bible who aren't wise. And I know people who check all of the boxes of church, and they're not wise And I even know people who have claimed to be a Christian for many, many years who are not wise. So those aren't the the things that really tell if we are wise or not. So as we build towards a definition, what is it? How can we know if we are wise? Well, James is going to give us some help, but he's also standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before You heard one of those passages read uh, out of Proverbs. Let me give you another one out of the book of Job. If you really want to know what the Old Testament writers, what they thought of wisdom, listen to these words, because James is going to build off of that. This is what Job will say. "'From where, then, does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding?' It is hidden from the eyes of all the living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say, We have heard a rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way to it, and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder— Then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. And he said to man, catch this, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. Over and over again in the Old Testament, you come across this phrase, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. All right. Let's let's pause on that idea. Now let's move into the New Testament. And the New Testament writers also speak of wisdom frequently. And notice what the Apostle Paul will say about wisdom in, in Corinthians. Notice what he says. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us, notice what he says, wisdom. Jesus became wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Jesus Christ is the embodiment of wisdom. Notice what else Paul will say in his letter to the church in Ephesus. He says this, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the, notice what he says, capital S, Spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. Really interesting. And so I think you might be able to see where this is all headed. The Word of God points out very clearly that true biblical wisdom, what we are searching for, centers upon God. It originates in God. Fearing the Lord, that means a deep reverence, a deep humility, a surrender to God. And then what that does, he then points those who are humbly looking for the next answer, you are then pointed to the embodiment of wisdom. Jesus Christ, he's the one you're really searching for. You're looking for a righteousness that you can't find on your own, and you can find it in Christ, who is the embodiment, the pinnacle of wisdom, is Jesus Christ. But it gets even better. Those who enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ by faith then receive the gift of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that comes and lives in your life. And the Spirit helps you to discern and to guide and to help you know what you should be doing. And so what really stood out to me more than anything else that I studied this week is this. And sometimes pastors even get surprised. And I got surprised this week because a lot of times I'm thinking, oh, wisdom, is this about knowing God's word and doing it? No. But what I found to be true is this that wisdom is not rooted in a deeper base of knowledge, but it's rooted in a deeper relationship with God. Let me say that again. Wisdom is not rooted in more knowledge. It's rooted in knowing God. And so now we go to a definition. Let's try to wrap our mind around this so far. And this is the idea, that biblical wisdom is a fear of the Lord found in a relationship with Jesus Christ, which then allows the Holy Spirit to guide you in practical and personal decisions in your journey to be complete. Complete being this idea that James chapter 1, verse 4 speaks of, that on that day we will be complete. We are on that journey. And so as Christ followers who have that relationship with Him, who fear the Lord, the Spirit then helps walk us through and make practical and personal decisions each and every day of our lives. So wisdom comes out of relationship. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again, probably for my benefit too, because I need to hear this. But wisdom comes out of relationship. Not more knowledge, Relationship. Now, let's go back to James chapter 1, verse 5. Notice what James says. He says, If any of you lacks wisdom, notice what he doesn't say. Go study your Bible more. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but notice what he says. He goes right to relationship. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Go to him. He's your heavenly father who gives great gifts. He's generous. We're going to look at that. Go to him. It's based in relationship. Don't go no more facts about him. There's a time for knowing facts about God. But really, the essence of wisdom is rooted in relationship. All right, so every so often we pause in sermons to ask deeper questions to maybe write down, to to kind of interact with a friend a little bit later. Just just take notes. I don't know, but I've been asking questions all morning, and this is the first question I want to put forth. Are you lacking in godly wisdom right now? Are you lacking in godly wisdom right now? And there's really two levels to this question. Because I realize that there are some who are looking at that and you're hearing me talk about a relationship with God and you have no idea what I'm talking about. And I want to be crystal clear that the beginning of biblical wisdom is entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Please know that. If you don't hear anything else, if you truly want to grow in wisdom that the Bible speaks about, it means surrendering your life to Jesus Christ realizing that you are a sinner and you are seeking out answers to that and trying to find that you will only find in Christ and what he did. His death, his resurrection, him paying the penalty for your sin. That is what we are in need of desperately. And so today might be that day where he is calling you to lay aside your pride to lay aside all the things that you're trusting in in this life and surrender your life to Him. Enter into His goodness, His gift by faith. And if you want to do that, the booklets right in front of you called The Story will help kind of walk you through that afterwards. I'd love to explain it more, but that is an important piece, this beginning relationship moment with Jesus Christ. Now, Let me ask this question. For all who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask the same question. Are you lacking in godly wisdom right now? Are you? There's a definite answer for this. And I've been asking people this question all week. People I really respect. People I look to and I'm like, they are very mature in their their relationship with God. And I've been asking people, are you lacking in wisdom right now? Men, women, tell me. And do you know what the overwhelming answer is that I get? Yes! I mean, these are from mature people who have been Christians a long time. And, but then I realize, wait a second, it's not about being a Christian a long time. It's about relationship. And so these are the kinds of people, when you ask them this question, they're thinking relationship. Are you lacking in godly wisdom right now? Yes, I want to know how to be a better husband. I want to know how to be a better wife. I want to know how to be a better parent. And if you think in the realms of relationship, when do you ever arrive at a relationship? You don't. You keep growing in that relationship. You see, wisdom is out of relationship. It's not out of, oh, I know these 10 things. Done with that. That's not what wisdom is. Wisdom is growing in your relationship with God. Dear God, help me in this decision. I, I need your wisdom. I am surrendering to you. Help me in this moment. And those are the kinds of questions we keep asking on our journey to be complete. I'm lacking in wisdom, in marriage, or parenting, or job issues, or school issues, or, but whatever it is, the deeper thing we're really searching after is to become closer to God. Please help me in that. So as an aside, let me pause here for a moment and say that you heard Josh say earlier that as a church, we're looking for people to come and to serve in lots of different ways, and specifically in ways of Teaching children on a Sunday morning. Now, think about this for a moment. That is working with a a group of people who are in desperate need of wisdom. And it's not about Bible facts and telling stories. I mean, it, it is. But think about this it's really about introducing a relationship to those who might not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. All around the rooms, around this worship center on Sunday mornings, those kinds of things happen. It's beautiful. It's exciting to jump and be a part of. And so I am asking you to strongly consider what Josh is saying, to be a part of the movement of teaching the next generation what it means to have a relationship of wisdom with Jesus Christ. We're looking for 13 people. And maybe that means for some in this room, I'm not just going to come one hour. I want, I'm going to come two hours, and I'm going to teach, and then I'm going to come to worship, or I'm going to do this. And, but strongly consider what the Lord might be laying on your heart. We are in need of those 13 people who the Lord is moving to be in these classrooms to pass on wisdom, the wisdom of Christ. All right, so the first word, let's go back to it, back to the text, verse 5. The first word is, if. James is almost like baiting us. If any of you lacks wisdom, anybody want to say, uh, yes, they have arrived, they don't need it? Oh, yeah. If you actually stand up and say, no, I don't need wisdom, guess what that shows? You don't have it. it. Exactly. All right. So the next question really goes into this whole, like, well, what do we do? Like, how do we obtain it? What does that look like? Uh, How do I enter into this kind of wisdom? And James says, it's not hard. This isn't rocket science. There's not like a secret password, secret handshake. He makes it so simple. Notice what he says. If you lack wisdom and you recognize that you do, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. Asking. This week I was listening to a podcast about marriage, and this expert was giving one piece of advice to those who are newlyweds. Like, what is that one thing you need to know that will help you in marriage? And so he was talking about the simplicity of, of clear communication and the simplicity of merely asking for what you want or need in your marriage. I mean how many times would you avoid some kind of skirmish if you were just simply and clearly asking, will you help me with this? Can you give me that? I am looking for this. You see so many other times we play the whole in marriage read my mind. You really should know what I'm thinking. And because you don't, I'm going to hold it against you. I'm going to play the passive-aggressive game. I'm going to go not talk to you for a while. You should know. You see, God is not that tricky. It's not mind-reading. It's about simply asking. Let him ask God, who gives generously. Again, I'm going to lean into this. Relationship. When you know God, much like you know a good friend, how easy is it to go to them and say, help me, can you help me with this project? Can you help me fix this? Can you? And it's easy. But when you don't, you feel like you can't. And I don't have a relationship. It feels awkward and different. And so once again, James is saying, wisdom comes out of relationship. Let him ask God, your heavenly Father, who loves you. And notice, this is the great news of what's about to happen here. He's the one who gives generously. Let's just pause there on that word for a second. That word actually means one, I mean, literally means one-eyed. And this idea of one-eyed is this idea of focus, distractionless, This idea of singular, and that's how we then get to the word of of generosity. That God is not, you know, on his cell phone somewhere, doing a million things in the universe. He says, I mean, James says, let him ask God who gives. He's pulling up, and he's right with you, generously, generously. He's not distracted. He's he's intently listening for what you have to say. Spending time. Yes, my child, I hear you. I hear you. He's that close. And he's the one who gives without distraction, and he also gives generously. One writer would say that it's this idea of a pitcher of water that's always tilted down towards you, for those who are asking and the pictures of wisdom just pouring over your life when you ask. He's a good father who wants to be asked for wisdom. So it really begs the next question. You know, we've been asking questions along the way. Are you lacking in godly wisdom right now? Yes, of course we are. But question two, are you spending time asking God for wisdom? Do actually spend time asking God for wisdom? It leads us into a deeper conversation about the discipline of prayer. Prayer, which is by its very nature is a, an act all about humility, isn't it? We come to our Heavenly Father and we're like, I worship you and I am in need. Help me. Help me. The one who is greater than us, we lean into for wisdom. I don't know what to do about this job, potential opportunity. Please give me wisdom. I'm not sure about this this dating relationship. I, I need wisdom. I'm not sure about... And you go in prayer to ask God who gives generously to his children. You see, when we don't, let's just play this out. When we don't do those kinds of things, we then have this attitude of, oh, I got this. I don't need, I don't need wisdom, I don't need help. I've got a lot of resources. I'm pretty fine on my own. I pick myself by my own bootstraps. I got it figured out. And the whole time we're communicating that we don't need to have a relationship with God. And we stiff-arm Him to say, no, I got this, I got this. Remember, the basis of wisdom is relationship. And through prayer, we build trust, we build dependence. And when we don't have it, this is how foolish it is. When we start choosing foolishness, it's like we're running up the milk crates and figuring it out on our own and splashing down to the ground. How many of us are doing that spiritually? Oh, I got it, I got it, and then crashing. All right, so along with... The encouraging news. See, there's good news in James about asking for wisdom. There's also some sobering news that we need to hear. In verse 6, this is how James continues. He says, Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable, in all his ways. All right. So the the more sobering news is that, as a human race, we are given to to this kind of picture. We're given to being like this. Now, I don't know about you, but I love the ocean. I love going there, sitting on the beach. I'm the person who can sit and just stare at the water for a long period of time. Anybody else with me on that? Anybody else? I love it. And I was thinking this week, like, why is it so interesting to do something like that? Why is it so soothing? And this is probably why. It's always changing. It's never the same. The waves are different. The wind blowing across. The swells. It's always changing. You see, that's great for those of us who like to watch the ocean. But if your life is compared to that, this is not good news. It speaks of instability. It speaks of being tossed around and blown around. And there's a real problem with this, if that is your life. What does that look like? I think it looks a lot like this. In the moment, you have a moment with God, and there's wisdom, and it's like working. But then it doesn't work, and so you're like, okay, I'm done with that. Let's move on to this. Maybe this will fix it, and it's not working. And so you move on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and all of these things keep changing, and you're blown around all of life, and you're searching for what works. And you treat God much like you do good luck. Oh, I'm going to have good luck if I go to church. I'm sure I'm going to get the answer to whether I should take that job or not. Mm. (laughs) And you start having all of these moments of good luck moments like, oh, I did this, God must like me, speak to me, I need to hear you. And, And you're blown around. And you keep being blown around. How easy is it? to do life like that. And again, it speaks of relationship, doubting. We're not faithful. We're not going to stick with God through the thick and thin, listening for what he wants. It speaks of mistrust. It speaks of dissatisfaction. We want him to be reacting and giving us what we want in the time that we want. And the whole time, we're living from here to here to here to foolishness. And James even says it deeper. This is part of the verses we kind of miss when we read this, but notice the sobering warning in verse 7. He says, For that person, that person's who's all over the place, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. You won't receive anything. The Lord sees how you really don't want to have a relationship with him that's meaningful. He will give you nothing. You're looking for wisdom. It won't be there. So here's the third question. This one's much deeper than the other two. It really takes time to reflect and to be honest. I mean, We've talked about, are you lacking in godly wisdom? I mean, aren't we all? Are you spending time asking for God in wisdom? That's very personal, but here is a very deep question. Are you not hearing godly wisdom in your life? Are you not hearing it? Because there's a warning that James is warning you. If you're not hearing wisdom, it should cause us to be like, where is my true relationship at with God? Where is my true allegiance? Am I loving God and loving the world and just kind of doing both and hoping it just happens? James is warning us. If you want to hear from the Lord, you must develop that relationship Spend time and be patient, listening for how He is going to speak to you. And how is He going to speak to you? Well, He's going to speak to you through His Word. He's going to point scriptures into the right moment of your life when you need it. He's going to put people in your life who are there as true people who will sharpen you, as Christ followers, What do you hear? I'm thinking about this. Tell me what you hear. And we are sharpened by others who are close to us, who we share our lives with. Maybe he's going to sharpen you and speak to you through circumstances, and it's going to be hard. Maybe he's going to speak to you and communicate in silence, because he just wants you to draw close to him to be a refuge and to be your strength. Trusting in him, trusting in his ways, not leaning on our own understanding. Sounds familiar, right? Comes straight from Proverbs. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Yesterday I had the opportunity. I call it opportunity. It was difficult, but we were uh, at a funeral virtually And uh, it was uh, from someone who married my wife and I. It was his wife who passed away. 58, multiple myeloma, cancer, struggle, all of that. And so funerals far away. We can't be there, so we're watching online. So here we are in our basement. We're watching, and... The whole time, we are just trying to take in this moment. This this man who is a mentor of mine now standing in front of a camera talking about his wife, four kids, all speaking. I've been telling people it was one of the most heart-wrenching moments that I've ever witnessed on camera. At the same time, one of the most inspiring. (sighs) Because... Kevin spoke of his wife, and he said she was so wise. All four of their kids got up, and they spoke of the wisdom that they heard from their mom. Wisdom was the theme over and over again. And after it was over, I was like, (laughs) it came from her love of Jesus. It came from her love and passion fierce faith for the Lord that she then, it just flowed out of her. And that's what Proverbs says. I mean, Proverbs says that uh, that when you have wisdom, it just flows out of you. And that's what it did for Jane. Wisdom flowed out of her life. And after it was over, I, I looked at Joyce and I said, I want that. Want it. Everything else pales in this universe. I want the wisdom that comes out of my mouth that will last to the next generation and to the generation after that. Well, what does it sound like? It sounds like relationship. It sounds like Jesus Christ being our Savior. It sounds like the Spirit. Helping us make wise decisions because we fear the Lord. That's what it sounds like. That's what I want. Is that what you want? I pray that you do. James tells us it's possible. There's encouragement here for all who lack wisdom. There's encouragement here. So let's go to the God of. All wisdom and let's pray and ask him for some right now. Dear God, we come to you and we submit ourselves every week to your word, and and in this moment we submit ourselves to you, the one whom we fear. For the vast majority in this room, we we fear the Lord in a way of, of reverence and awe, and we lean to you and to your son, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. And as James says, we lack wisdom and we want it. And so right now, I pray for all the people in this room who are going to ask for wisdom for something very specific in their life. They need wisdom on the the front of marriage, uh, the front of maybe Decisions of retirement, decisions of school, decisions of dating, decisions of job, whatever it is, dear God, I pray that you would give us wisdom and knowing what will bring glory to you. May the spirit that dwells within all who know your son help us make those decisions that will bring glory to you. This is what we want, to be these kinds of people filled with your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for hearing us, and we claim the promises of James that we are going to be bestowed generously with that kind of wisdom. Thank you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.